0: trailers will allow me to own something instead of renting and that will help me to become wealthy truth trailers go down in value rapidly making your chances for wealth building less than if you had rented people who buy a twenty five thousand dollar double wide home will in five years owe twenty two thousand dollars on a trailer worth eight thousand dollars financially it's like living in your new car please don't kid yourself on this call it manufactured housing put it on a permanent foundation add lots of improvements around the yard and it is still a trailer when you are ready to sell it if the typical consumer considering buying your home can walk up and tell it was ever a trailer in any form your home will go down not up in value the only exception to the no trailers rule is ron's plan ron graduated from financial peace university and was on track for a total money makeover. Ron and his wife prayerfully decided to sell their nice $120,000 home on which they owed only $50,000. They bought a small farm and a very used $3,000 trailer. With no payments and an income of $85,000, they saved and built a very nice paid-for $250,000 home in just a couple of years. Myth. Prepaying my funeral or my kids' college expenses is a good way to invest and protect myself against inflation. Truth. Plans for prepaid funerals and college expenses give low rates of return and put money in the other guy's pocket. When you prepay something, your return on investment, interest, is the amount the item will go up in value Before you use it. In other words, by prepaying, you avoid the price increases, and that is your return. Prepaying items is like investing at the item's inflation rate. For example, prepaying college tuition will save you the amount tuition goes up between the time you lock in and the time your child begins his college education. The average inflation rate for tuition nationally is about 7%, so prepaying tuition is like investing money at 7%. That is not bad, but mutual funds will average about 12% over a long period of time and you can save for college tax free. More about college saving later in your total money makeover. The same concept is true for prepaid burial plans. Pre-planning the details of your funeral is wise, but prepaying is unwise. Sarah, age 39, paid $3,500 for a prepaid funeral. Why? If she were to save $3,500 in a mutual fund, averaging 12%, upon an average death age of 78, Sarah's mutual fund would be worth $368,500. I think Sarah could be buried for that with a little left over, unless, of course, she is kin to King Tut. Myth. I don't have time to work on a budget, retirement plan, or estate plan. Truth. You don't have time not to. Most people concentrate on the urgent in our culture. We worry about our health and focus on our money only after they're gone. John Maxwell has the best quote on budgeting I've ever heard. I wish I had said it. A budget is people telling their money what to do instead of wondering where it went. Earl Nightingale, motivational legend, said that most people spend more time picking out a suit of clothes than planning their career or even their retirement. What if your life depended on how you managed your 401k or whether you started your Roth IRA today? Actually, it does, because the quality of your life at retirement depends on your becoming an expert in money management today. Myth. The debt management companies on TV, like AmeriDebt, will save me. Truth. You may get out of debt, but only with your credit trashed debt management companies are springing up everywhere these companies manage your debt by taking one monthly payment from you and distributing the money among your creditors with whom they've often worked out lower payments and lower interest this is not alone as with debt consolidation sometimes people get the two confused both are bad companies like AmeriDebt and consumer credit counseling service can help you get better interest rates and lower payments but at a price When you use one of these companies and then try to get a conventional FHA or VA loan, you will be treated the same as if you had filed a Chapter 13 bankruptcy. Mortgage underwriting guidelines for traditional mortgages will consider your credit trashed, so don't do it. Another problem with debt management by someone else is that your habits don't change. You can't have someone else lose weight for you. You have to change your exercise and diet habits. Handling money is the same way. You have to change your behavior. Turning all your problems over to someone else treats the symptom, not the problem. Our firm does financial counseling and certifies counselors around the nation for referrals. We will not handle your money for you. We lead you into a mandatory total money makeover. We are not babysitters. Of the debt management companies, consumer credit is the best. They do the most thorough job, and they are the most powerful in the renegotiation of your debt. You will still destroy your credit by using them, though, so don't do it. But if I absolutely can't talk you out of it, they're the one to use. AmeriDebt has one of the worst better business reports of any debt management company. Stay away. Myth. I can buy a kit to clean up my credit, And all my past misdeeds will be washed away. Truth. Only inaccuracies can be cleaned from credit reports. So this is a scam. You can't have anything taken off your report unless the item is inaccurate. If you have an inaccuracy that needs to be removed, do it yourself. Accurate bad credit stays unless you lie. Lying for the purpose of getting money is fraud. Don't do it. Clean your credit with a total money makeover. I will show you how to live under control, pay cash for stuff so you don't need credit, and over time your credit will clean itself. Myth. My divorce decree says my spouse has to pay the debt, so I don't. Truth. Divorce decrees do not have the power to take your name off credit cards and mortgages. So if your spouse doesn't pay, be ready to. You still owe the debt. If your ex-husband keeps his truck that you both signed for and then doesn't make the payments, your credit is damaged, the truck gets repoed, and you will get sued for the balance. If you are going to leave a marriage, make sure that all debts are refinanced out of your name or force the sale of the item. Don't have the attitude, I don't want to make him sell his truck. If you're that much in love, don't get divorced. But if you're walking away, make it a complete clean break, even though it's painful now. The only other option is mega risk, and you can count on heartache and even more anger coming your way. Myth. That collector was so helpful. They really like me. Truth. Collectors are not your friends. Your total money makeover will cause you to pay your debts. I want you to pay what you owe, but collectors are not your friends. Any deal, special plan, or settlement you make with collectors must be in writing before you send them money. Otherwise, you'll find that you don't have a deal that they lied and never allow collectors electronic access to your checking account and never send post-dated checks. They will abuse you if you give them this power and there will be nothing you can do because you owe them money. Clear? Myth. I'll just file bankruptcy and start over. It seems so easy. Truth. Bankruptcy is a gut-wrenching, life-changing event that causes lifelong damage. Don't let anyone fool you. I have been bankrupt and worked with the bankrupt for decades, and it is not a place you want to visit. Bankruptcy is listed in the top five life-altering negative events that we can go through, along with divorce, severe illness, disability, and loss of a loved one. Chapter 7, bankruptcy, which is total bankruptcy, stays on your credit report for 10 years. Chapter 13, bankruptcy, more like a payment plan, stays on your credit report for 7 years. Bankruptcy, however, is for life. Loan applications and many job applications ask if you have ever filed for bankruptcy. Ever. Ever. If you lie to get a loan because your bankruptcy is very old, technically you have committed criminal fraud. Most bankruptcies can be avoided with a total money makeover. Your total money makeover may involve extensive amputation of stuff, which will be painful. But bankruptcy is much more painful. Myth. I can't use cash because it is dangerous. I might get robbed. Truth you're being robbed every day by not using the power of cash we teach people to carry cash in a culture where the sales clerk thinks you are a drug dealer if you pay with cash I know this suggestion may seem weird however cash is powerful if you carry cash you spend less and you get bargains by flashing cash Linda emailed my newspaper column complaining that she would get robbed if she carried cash I explained to her that crooks don't have x-ray vision to look into her pocket or purse. The crooks assume that your purse is like all the others, filled with credit cards that are over the limit. Look, I'm not making light of crime. There is a chance you may get robbed because people do get robbed, and if that happens, the cash will be taken. But trust me, you need to be far more worried about the danger of using credit cards than the danger of being robbed while carrying cash. Myth. I can't afford insurance. Truth, some insurance you can't afford to be without. Today, as I went to lunch, I met Steve and Sandy in my reception area. They came by to say thanks. What for? This young couple in their 20s listened to our radio program. And because I constantly push people to get the right kinds of insurance, they did. This year, they got term insurance and an MSA health insurance policy. Good thing we did what you said to do, said Steve as he pulled off his cap to reveal a shaved head with a big scar across the top. What in the world happened? I asked. The scar was from a biopsy that revealed inoperable brain cancer. Steve promised he is going to beat it. Sandy smiled and said, The health insurance has already paid over $100,000 in bills, and we would be sunk if we hadn't followed through as you push all the time also Steve is now uninsurable so he's thankful to have his term life insurance in place our prayers are with this young couple by being responsible in buying the right kinds of insurance they have covered life and death which we all have to do we all hate insurance until we need it we pay and pay and pay and pay premiums and sometimes we feel insurance poor But you must have insurance in some basic categories as a part of a total money makeover. Auto and homeowner's insurance. Choose higher deductibles in order to save on premiums. With high liability limits, these are the best buys in the insurance world. Life insurance. Purchase 20-year level term insurance equal to about 10 times your income. Term insurance is cheap and the only way to go. Never use life insurance as a place to save money. Long-term disability. If you are 32 years old, you are 12 times more likely to become disabled than to die by age 65. The best place to buy disability insurance is through work at a fraction of the cost, and you can usually get coverage that equals from 50 to 70 percent of your income. Health insurance. The number one cause of bankruptcy today is medical bills. Number two is credit cards. One way to control costs is to look for large deductibles to lower your premium. If you are self-employed, look for an MSA, medical savings account. This type of insurance saves premiums and taxes. Long-term care insurance. If you are over 60, buy long-term care insurance to cover in-home care or nursing home care. The average nursing home stay costs $40,000 per year, which will crack and scramble a nest egg in a heartbeat. Dad in the nursing home can use up mom's $250,000 savings in just a few short years. Make your parents get it. Myth. If I do a will, I might die. Truth. You are going to die, so do it with a will. Estate planners tell us that 70% of Americans die without a will. Dumb, really dumb. The state, known for its financial prowess, will decide what happens to your stuff, your kids, and your financial legacy. The proverb says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. I am a pragmatist. And so I don't understand all the fretting over a will. A will is a gift you leave your family or loved ones. It is a gift because it makes the management of your estate very clear and light years easier. You are going to die. So go out in style and die with a will in place. We've revealed debt myths and money myths. If you have carefully listened and understood why these myths are untrue, I have great news for you. Your total money makeover has already begun. The total money makeover is a remaking of your view of money so that you permanently change how you deal with money. You must walk to the beat of a different drummer, the same beat that the wealthy hear. If the beat sounds normal, evacuate the dance floor immediately. The goal is to not be normal because as my radio listeners know by now, normal is broke. Chapter 5. Two More Hurdles, Ignorance and Keeping Up with the Joneses. Now we will address two more hurdles, ignorance and keeping up with the Joneses. Hurdle number one, ignorance. No one is born financially smart. The first hurdle is ignorance. In a culture that worships knowledge, to say ignorance about money is an issue makes some people defensive. Don't be defensive. Ignorance is not lack of intelligence. It's lack of know-how. No one is born with the knowledge of how to drive a car. We are taught the skill. Likewise, no one is born with the knowledge of how to handle money. But we aren't taught that. According to the Census Bureau, the average family in America last year made $40,816. Even if they never get a raise, the average family will make over $2 million in a working lifetime. And we teach nothing about how to manage money in most high schools and colleges. We have quit teaching personal finance, and we have to start again. That is why Financial Peace for the Next Generation is taught in high schools around the nation. If you made a mess of your money and or haven't gotten the best use from it, the reason is that you were never taught to do so. Overcoming ignorance is easy. You don't need to apply to Harvard to get an MBA with a specialization in finance. You just need to spend more time on your 401k options and your budget than you do picking out this year's vacation. Hurdle number two, keeping up with the Joneses. The Joneses can't do math. The second hurdle is keeping up with the Joneses. Peer pressure, cultural expectations, reasonable standard of living. I don't care how you say it. We all need to be accepted by our crowd and our family. This need for approval and respect drive us to do some really insane things. One of the paradoxically dumb things we do is to destroy our finances by buying garbage we can't afford to try to make ourselves appear wealthy to others. Dr. Tom Stanley wrote a wonderful book in the 90s you should read entitled The Millionaire Next Door. His book is a study of America's millionaires. Remember, if you want to be thin and muscular, you should study the habits of people who are thin and muscular. If you want to be rich... You should study the habits and value systems of the rich. When we think of millionaires, we think of big houses, new cars, and really nice clothes. Stanley found that most millionaires don't have those things. He found the typical millionaire lives in a middle-class home, drives a two-year-old or older paid-for car, and buys blue jeans at Walmart in short Stanley found the typical millionaire found infinitely more motivation from the goal of financial security than from what friends and family think if we look at Stanley's findings and hold those up against Ken and Barbie's life plan we find Ken and Barbie to be lost off course and clueless Ken and Barbie are in our office all the time for financial counseling last year they were here and their names were Bob and Sarah Bob and Sarah make ninety three thousand dollars a year and have for the last seven years. What do they have to show for it? A $400,000 home that they still owe $390,000 on, including a home equity loan used to furnish the home. They have two thirty dollars fleeced cars and a $52,000 credit card debt. But they have traveled well and were dressed in high fashion. The $25,000 left on a student loan from college 10 years ago is still outstanding because they have no money. On the positive side, they have $2,000 in savings and $18,000 in their 401k. These people have a negative net worth, but they really looked good. Bob's mom is very impressed, and Sarah's brother frequently stops by to ask for money because they are obviously doing well. They present the perfect picture of the American dream that has turned into a nightmare. Behind the perfect hair and the French manicure, there was deep desperation and a sense of futility, an unraveling marriage, and disgust with themselves. This may be one of the places our metaphor of weight loss for fiscal fitness breaks down. If your body were in the same condition that Bob and Sarah's money is in, everyone would think, 500 pounds is just too fat. Your problem would be apparent to family, friends, strangers, and even you. The difference with Bob and Sarah is that they are broke and desperate, and no one knows it. Not only does no one know it, but everyone thinks the opposite is true. So when my counselor made suggestions to turn this bankruptcy looking for a place to happen around, there was more than one place of resistance in the heart. The truth is that Bob and Sarah are broke. They need to sell the cars and sell the house. Resistance of the heart is real. First, of course, we like our nice houses and nice cars. And selling them would be painful. Second, we don't want to admit to everyone we have impressed that we are fakes. Yes, when you buy a big pile of stuff with no money and lots of debt, you are a financial fake. Peer pressure is very, very powerful. We are scaling down. It is a painful statement to make to friends or family. We will have to pass on that trip or dinner because it's not in our budget is virtually impossible for some people to say being real takes tremendous courage we like approval and we like respect to wish for the admiration of others is normal the problem is that this admiration can become a drug many of you are addicted to this drug and the destruction to your wealth and financial well-being caused by your addiction is huge Radical change in the quest for approval is required for a money breakthrough. Sarah's breakthrough came with family. Her family had always given Christmas gifts to every member with 20 nieces and nephews and six sets of adults to buy for just on her side. The budget was ridiculous. Sarah's announcement at Thanksgiving that this year Christmas giving was going to be done with the drawing of names because she and Bob couldn't afford it was earth-shattering. Some of you are grinning as if this is no big deal. It was a huge deal in Sarah's family. Her mother and two of her sisters were furious. Very little thanks were giving that thanksgiving, but Sarah stood her ground and said no more. Sarah has a master's degree in sociology, so she is no pushover. She understood that she would lose approval, admiration, and respect. The courage to address what may seem like a small issue was a huge breakthrough for Sarah. That Thanksgiving, her heart had a total money makeover, and she was not going to be led into well-dressed poverty by peer pressure anymore. Everyone has a weak spot like Sarah's. It could be your third-generation failing business that needs to be closed. It could be your clothes shopping. It probably is your car. It could be the boat. Maybe yours is giving to your grown children. Unless you have had a heart-level total money makeover somewhere, sometime in your life, you are still doing something with money to impress others. And that has to change before you can get on a real plan to fiscal fitness. The Bible states, Godliness with contentment is great gain those of us who have had a total money makeover still know where our Achilles heel is and still see that weak spot as a fatal wound if we allow it to grow again. What is the one money thing that makes you grin inside when you see others admiring it? Do you need to give it up to break that feeling inside you? Until you recognize that weak area, you will always be prone to financial stupidity on that subject. My weak spot is cars. After starting with nothing and becoming a millionaire, the first time, by age 26, I needed a Jaguar. What I needed was for people to be impressed with my success. What I needed was family raising an eyebrow of approval based on my ability to win. What I yearned for was respect. What I was so shallow to believe was that the car I drove gave me those things. God used the whole story of what I drove to give my heart a total money makeover in the area of peer pressure. As I was going broke, losing everything, I kept the Jaguar by refinancing it repeatedly. I even went so far as to get a good friend to co-sign a loan so I could keep this image car. Within the year of our bankruptcy, we were so broke that our electricity was once cut off for two days. I have often wondered what the guy from the electric company thought as he stood in the driveway next to my Jaguar and pulled my electric meter. That is sick. Finally, my friend really got tired of making the payments he had co-signed for and gently suggested that I sell my precious car. I was mad at him. How dare he suggest I sell my car? So he quit making the payments. And the bank not so gently suggested I sell the car or they would repo it. I tried to stall and only came to my senses and sold the Jaguar on a Thursday morning because the bank assured me they would take it on Friday. I was able to work my way through the mess, pay the bank and even my friend back, but the process was humiliating because I was too stubborn to address what that car represented in my life. I caused much damage that was avoidable an interesting footnote about how healing can occur on your weak spot. I was so disgusted with myself when I woke up and realized the depth of my stupidity that I swore off my drug cars. I didn't care what we drove or what it looked like as long as we were winning in our total money makeover. Fast forward 15 years we had become wealthy again and I decided to get a different car I'm always looking for a one- or two-year-old car, and I'm always paying cash, and always looking for a great deal, not really caring which car it is. I was kind of looking for a Mercedes or a Lexus. A friend in the car business called me with a deal on a Jaguar. So all those years and tears later, when it was no longer the driving force of my approval rating, God sent a Jaguar back into my life. He returned what the locusts had eaten. But he only did so when it was not my idol. Rumor has it that God doesn't like us to have other gods in our lives. So, maybe someday, Sarah and Bob will be able to pay cash to take Sarah's whole family on a cruise for Christmas. After their total money makeover, Bob and Sarah will be able to pay cash for a huge event like that, and not even dent their wealth. They will be able to buy that cruise in memory of that fateful Thanksgiving when Sarah's heart had a total money makeover in her need for her family's approval. That change has taught Sarah and Bob that if they will live like no one else, later they'll be able to live like no one else. One thing I have learned as I have lost fat, become toned, and generally gotten into better shape is this. Things that require physical output are easier for me. Things like mountain climbing or obstacle courses are actually doable now. Not a dream as they were when I was overweight and out of shape. The same is true of our total money makeover journey to fiscal fitness. Have you realized by now that the start of your total money makeover is almost an obstacle course? We busted through denial, we waded through and climbed over debt myths, we carefully scaled the wall of money myths, we are working through ignorance, and we have learned not to place so much emphasis on our competition on the course. We've permanently quit keeping up with the Joneses because the Joneses are broke. The obstacle course, however, was only part of our journey. Now we stand at the bottom of a mountain with a clear view of the top. Take a look back before we start. The climb will be hard, but it will be near impossible if you are still struggling with any of the obstacles. The 12-steppers have it right. They say, continuing to do the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. What you have falsely believed and acted on or not acted on has brought you to the place you are today with your money. If you want to be in a different place, you must believe and do things differently. The change will be painful, but the result will be worth it. I've been to the top of the total money makeover mountain, and I've led countless others there. I say it is worth the effort. So lace up your shoes of resolve, wave goodbye to your normal friends, and let's climb. Chapter 6. Save $1,000 fast walk before you run. In my first book, Financial Peace, there is a chapter titled Baby Steps, the premise of which is that we can do anything financially if we do it one little step at a time. The term Baby Steps comes from the comedy What About Bob starring Bill Murray. Bill plays a crazy guy who drives his psychiatrist crazy. The therapist has written a book called Baby Steps. The statement you can get anywhere if you simply go one step at a time is the framework for the movie we will use the baby steps to walk through our total money makeover why do baby steps work I thought you'd never ask the way you eat an elephant is one bite at a time find something to do and do that with vigor until it is complete then and only then do you move to the next step if you try to do everything at once you will fail when I went on a quest for a better body and better health a few years ago my wise trainer didn't try to kill me the first day we walked before we ran plus if i tried to do everything at once i would have been overwhelmed and frustrated with my inability to do it at all the power of focus is what causes our baby steps to work when you try to do everything at once progress can be very slow When you put 3% in your 401k, $50 extra on the house payment and $5 extra on the credit card, you dilute your efforts. Because you attack several areas at once, you don't finish anything. You start for a long time, and that makes you feel that you aren't accomplishing anything, which is very dangerous. If you feel that nothing is getting done, you will soon lose energy for the task of money management altogether. The power of focus is that it works. You check stuff off your list. The power of priority also causes the baby steps to work. Each of these steps is part of the proven plan to financial fitness, I promised you. They build on one another. So do the baby steps in order. To start the baby steps, we will work on one important step to the exclusion of others. Patience. We will climb the whole mountain, but not until we first have a strong base camp. You will be tempted to short-circuit the process because you are more concerned about one certain area of your money, but don't do it. These steps are the proven plan to financial fitness, and they are in the right order for everyone. For example, if you are 55 with no retirement, you may want to jump ahead to step four, invest 15% of your income into retirement, because you are scared about not being able to retire with dignity. The paradox is that by shortcutting the process, you are much more likely to fail at retiring with dignity. If you have kids heading toward college, you may be panicking about saving for college, which is covered in Baby Step 5. But don't do it out of order. Focus exclusively on the Baby Step you are on, even though it seems to be a temporary detriment to other areas of money. Things will be fine if you don't focus on retirement for a few months, as long as you can kick retirement into the stratosphere when we get there. Before we discuss the baby steps, we need to look at some basic tools needed to win and some ongoing things you should be doing as you go. The dreaded B word enters the picture here. You must set up a written budget every month. This is an audio book about a process that will enable you to win with your money. And I assure you that virtually none of the thousands of winners I have seen did so without a written budget. You have to tell your money what to do or it leaves. A written budget for the month is your goal. People who win at anything have written goals. Goals are what you are aiming at. Zig Ziglar says if you aim at nothing, you will hit it every time. You wouldn't build a house without a blueprint, so why do you spend your lifetime income of over $2 million without a blueprint? Jesus said, Which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Brian Tracy, motivational speaker, says, What does it take to succeed on a big scale? A tremendous God-given talent? Inherited wealth? A decade of postgraduate education? Connections? Fortunately for most of us, what it takes is something very simple and accessible. Clear, written goals. According to Brian Tracy, a study of Harvard graduates found that after two years, the 3% who had written goals achieved more financially than the other 97% combined. This is not a textbook on money, but let me give you a couple of guidelines to get started on budgeting. Set up a new budget every month. Don't try to have the perfect budget for the perfect month, because we never have those. Spend every dollar on paper before the month begins. Income minus outgo equals exactly zero every month. Look at this month's income and this month's bills, savings, and debts, and match them up until you've given every dollar an outgo name. If you're married, agree on the budget with your spouse. This one sentence requires a standalone book to describe how. (laughs) But the bottom line is this. If you aren't working together, it is almost impossible to win. In most marriages, one person is more forceful than the other. If the forceful one is stupid, guess what happens? A lot of stupid decisions are made for the family. I put out a call right now for those of you who are not the forceful ones in marriages to speak out when they think a decision is wrong. Do not go along with stupidity. If you know what is right grow a backbone and speak up. You need to learn to bust up in your spouse's face and say no to stupid decisions. When you are right you shouldn't go walking around afraid of what your spouse is going to think or feel. You don't have to be nasty but you do have to be assertive. The first time you do this there will likely be a fight. You may need some counseling but you needed it anyway. One wife wrote to me because she was fed up with her husband's behavior. Quote, I need you to help me set some guidelines. My husband refuses to work with me on our quest for financial independence. I've set up numerous appointments for financial counseling, and he has blown off each one of them. Should I go about this on my own and try to secure my own checking account and at least get myself into good financial standing and worry about my own retirement? My response to her, you should not separate your finances unless you're planning to get divorced. I think that you need to look at the problems within your marriage before you look at your financial problems. Once you and your husband can agree on marriage issues, the rest will fall into place. Honestly, your marriage is normal based on the fact that most people go through this type of situation and disagreement but if your husband continues to refuse to go to counseling you need to go to a counselor alone and try to make this marriage work once the budget is agreed on and is in writing pinky swear and spit shake that you will never do anything with money that is not on that paper if something comes up in the middle of the month that causes the budget to need changing call an emergency budget committee meeting you can change the budget only if you do two things one both spouses agree to the change Two, you must still balance your budget if you increase what you are spending on car repairs by fifty dollars you must lower what you're spending somewhere else by fifty dollars so that your income minus your outgo still equals zero before we get to baby step one you will have to do one other thing you will have to be current with all of your creditors if you are behind on payments the first goal will be to become current If you are far behind, do necessities first, which are basic food, shelter, utilities, clothing, and transportation. Only when you're current with the necessities can you catch up on credit cards and student loans. If you need more help with this level of financial crisis, check our website for how to contact one of our certified counselors or order the book, Financial Peace Revisited. Focused intensity is required to win. I can't stress enough that people who have had a total money makeover got mad. They got sick and tired of being sick and tired. They said, I've had it and went ballistic to change their lives. There is no intellectual exercise where you can academically work your way into wealth. You have to get fired up. Play the music from Rocky in the background and go get them, champ there is no energy in logic this is behavior and motivation modification and it works after you are current have a written agreed on plan have the obstacle course behind you and are focused and intense you are ready to follow the right priorities here we go baby step one save one thousand dollars cash as a starter emergency fund It is going to rain. You need a rainy day fund. Money Magazine says that 78% of us will have a major negative event in a given 10-year period of time. The job is downsized, or you just plain get fired. There is an unexpected pregnancy. Car blows up. Transmission goes out. You bury a loved one. Grown kids move home again. Life happens, so be ready. This is not a surprise. You need an emergency fund, an old-fashioned grandma's rainy day fund. Sometimes people tell me I should be more positive. Well, I am positive. It is going to rain, so you need a rainy day fund. Now, obviously, $1,000 isn't going to catch all of these big things, but it will catch the little ones until the emergency fund is fully funded. The emergency fund is not for buying things or for vacation. It is for emergencies only. No cheating. Do you know who Murphy is? Murphy is that guy with all those negative laws like, if it can go wrong, it will. For years, I have worked with people who felt that Murphy was a member of their family. A total money makeover is no guarantee of a trouble-free life. But my observation has been that trouble, Murphy is not as welcome in homes that have an emergency fund saving money for emergencies is murphy repellent being broke all the time seems to attract old murphy to set up residence most of america uses credit cards to catch all of life's little emergencies some of these so-called emergencies are events like christmas Christmas is not an emergency. It doesn't sneak up on you. Christmas is always in December. They don't move it, and therefore it is not an emergency. Your car will need repairs, and your kids will outgrow their clothes. These are not emergencies. They are items that belong in your budget. If you don't budget for them, they will feel like emergencies. Whether the emergency is real or just poor planning, the cycle of dependence on credit cards has to be broken. A well-planned budget for anticipated things and an emergency fund for the truly unexpected can end dependence on credit cards. The first major step to your total money makeover is to begin the emergency fund. A small start is to save $1,000 in cash fast. If you have a household income under $20,000 per year, use $500 for your beginner fund. Stop everything and focus. Since I hate debt so much, people often ask why we don't start with the debt. I used to do that when I first started teaching and counseling, but I discovered that people would stop their whole total money makeover because of an emergency. The alternator on the car would go out, and that $300 repair ruined the whole plan because the purchase had to go on a credit card since there was no emergency fund. If you use debt after swearing off it, you lose the momentum to keep going. It is like eating seven pounds of ice cream on Friday after losing two pounds that week. You feel sick like a failure. So start with a little fund to catch the little things before beginning to dump the debt. The beginner fund will keep life's little Murphys from turning into new debt while you work off the old debt. If a real emergency happens, you have to handle it with your emergency fund. No more borrowing. You have to break the cycle. Twist and wring out the budget, work extra hours or sell something, but quickly get your $1,000. Most of you should hit this step in less than a month. If it looks like it is going to take longer, do something radical. Work part-time. Get crazy. You are way too close to the edge of falling over a major money cliff here. When you get the $1,000, hide it. You can't keep the money handy because it will get spent. You can put it in the bank's savings account, but don't attach the savings account to your checking to protect you from overdrafting because then your emergency fund will get spent on impulse. I have had to learn to protect myself from me. We are not putting the money in the bank to earn money, but rather to make it hard to get. Since $1,000 at 4% earns only $40 per year, you aren't getting rich here. Just finding a safe place to park money. What if you already have more than $1,000? Wow, that was easy, wasn't it? If you already have the $1,000 in anything other than retirement plans, get it out. If it is a certificate of deposit with penalties, take the penalty for early withdrawal and get it out. If it is in stocks or bonds, get it out. Your emergency fund, limited to $1,000 in liquid available cash, is all that is acceptable. If you have tried to get fancy with your emergency fund, you are likely to borrow to keep from cashing it, the cool investment, out. What if you are at baby step two and you use $300 from your emergency fund to fix the alternator? If this happens, stop step two and return to step one until the full $1,000 is replenished. Once your beginner emergency fund is funded again, you can return to step two. I know some of you think this step is very simplistic. But for others, this is the step that will be the spiritual and emotional basis for the entire total money makeover. Lily was such a case. A single mom with two kids, she had been divorced for eight years. Struggle has been a way of life for some time. Lily had survival debt, not stupid spoiled brat debt. She had been ripped off with a super high interest car loan, check advance debt, and lots of credit card debt. She had a take-home pay of only $1,200 per month with two baby birds to feed along with a host of greedy rip-off lenders. Saving seemed like such a fairy tale to her that she had long ago lost hope of ever being able to save money. When I met her, she had already begun her total money makeover. After hearing me teach the baby steps at a live event, weeks later she dropped by a book signing to give me an unsolicited report. As she moved through the book line, I looked up and saw a huge grin. She asked if she could give me a big hug to say thanks. How could I turn that down? As I looked at her, tears began to run down her cheeks as she gleefully told me of fighting through a budget, her first ever. She told me of years of struggle. Then she laughed, and everyone in line, now fully engaged, cheered when she said she now has $500 in cash saved. This is the first $500 in her adult life that is earmarked for an emergency fund. This is the first time she has had money between her and Murphy. Her friend Amy, who was with Lily that day, told me that Lily is a different person already. Amy said even her face has changed now that she has peace. Don't be confused. It wasn't $500 that did all that. What caused Lily's liberation was her newfound hope. She has hope that she has never had before she has hope because she has a sense of power and control over money money has been an enemy her whole life and now that she has tamed it money is going to be lily's new lifelong companion how about you now is the time to decide is this theory or is it real am i a simpleton kook or have i found something that works keep listening and we will decide together.
1: Another Total Money Makeover Success Story My name is Stephen. I'm 28. I'm debt free. And I have brain cancer. I found Dave Ramsey on the radio and became a fan immediately. Growing up, I had accepted that as a part of life. At first, I tried to get my wife Sandy to buy into the Total Money Makeover plan. To say she was reluctant might be the understatement of the year, especially when she figured out we would have to sell her 2000 Toyota 4Runner to become debt-free. We sat down together and looked at our overall financial picture. We owed about $46,000. We knew we had to change. She started tuning in to Dave, and we started discussing our finances. We agreed to start the baby steps mentioned in the total money makeover. We simply followed what Dave taught. It took us 12 months to kill $46,000 in debt. We sold a bunch of stuff. We moved twice to save money on rent. As Dave would say, we got gazelle intense. Every sacrifice was worth it. We've never felt more alive. After becoming debt-free, we were able to give our part-time business a full-time chance. Still following Dave's advice, we opened a medical savings account. MSA, and secure 20-year term insurance. Along with deciding to become debt-free, the MSA and term insurance have literally saved our lives. This past year, I was diagnosed with an inoperable form of brain cancer at the ripe old age of 28. The MSA that we chose has a $5,000 deductible, but it covers 100% of anything above the deductible. My medical bills approached $100,000 within the first two months. The MSA, along with our term insurance, saved our financial lives. Even after I'm gone, I know my beautiful 23-year-old wife will be taken care of. It's all because of Dave's advice. I can't imagine worrying about making payments on $46,000 in debt and worrying about coming up with the cash to cover our part of an 80-20 insurance plan or wishing I'd taken the time to set up term insurance to take care of my wife. Thanks to Dave, Sandy and I can stand side by side and fight this fight. With God's help, we will win. Steve, self employed.
0: Chapter 7 The Death Snowball Lose Weight Fast, Really. Your total money makeover is dependent upon using your most powerful tools. I believe with everything within me that your most powerful wealth-building tool is your income. Ideas, strategies, goals, vision, focus, and even creative thinking are vastly important. But until you get control and full use of your income to build wealth, you will not build and keep wealth. Some of you might inherit money or win a jackpot but that is dumb luck not a proven plan to financial fitness to build wealth you will have to regain control of your income the bottom line is that it is easy to become wealthy if you don't have any payments you may get sick of hearing it but the key to winning any battle is to identify the enemy the math is revealing The typical American with a $40,000 annual income would normally have an $850 house payment and a $350 car payment with an additional $180 payment on the second car. Then there is a $165 student loan payment, and the average credit card debt is about $12,000, making those monthly payments around $185 per month. Also, this typical household will have other miscellaneous debt on things like furniture, stereos, or personal loans on which they pay an additional $120. All these payments total $1,850 per month. If this family were to invest that, instead of sending it to creditors, they would be a cash mutual fund millionaire in just 15 years. After 15 years, it gets really exciting. They'll have $2 million in five more years, $3 million in three more years, $4 million in two and a half more years, $5 million in two more years. So they will have $5 million after 28 years. Keep in mind, this is with an average income, which means many of you make more than this if you make forty thousand dollars and have fewer payments you have a head start since you already have more control of your income than most people with a take-home pay of twenty eight hundred and fifty dollars could you invest eighteen hundred and fifty dollars if you had no payments all you have to pay for is utilities food clothes insurance and other miscellaneous expenses that would be tight but doable If you do that for just 15 years, you will have a pinnacle experience. I will explain that later. Many of you listening are convinced that you could become wealthy if you could get out of debt. The problem is now that you are feeling more and more trapped by the debt. I have great news. I have a foolproof, but very difficult, method for getting out of debt. Most people won't do it because they are average, but not you. You have already figured out that if you will live like no one else, later you can live like no one else, you are sick and tired of being sick and tired, so you are willing to pay the price for greatness. This is the toughest of all the baby steps to your total money makeover. It is so hard, but it is so worth it. This step is where all your broke friends and relatives will make fun of you or join you. This step requires you to shave your head and drink the Kool-Aid. Just kidding, but not too much. Your focused intensity has to go off the scale. If you really believe that wealth building will no longer be a dream, but a reality, if you had no payments, you will be willing to do bizarre and sacrificial things to have no payments. Time to pay off the debt. Baby step two, start the debt snowball. The way we pay off the debt is called the debt snowball. The debt snowball process is simple to understand, but will require truckloads of effort. Remember what my pastor said, it isn't complicated, but it is difficult. We have discussed that personal finance is 80% behavior and 20% head knowledge. The debt snowball is designed the way it is because we are more concerned with modifying behavior than correct mathematics. You'll see what I mean shortly. Being a certified nerd, I always used to start with making the math work. I have learned that the math does need to work, but sometimes motivation is more important than math. This is one of those times. The debt snowball method requires you to list all of your debts in order of smallest payoff balance to largest. List all your debts except your home. We will get to that in another step. List all of your debts. Even loans from mom and dad or medical debts that have zero interest. I don't care if there is interest or not. I don't care if some have 24% interest and others have 4% interest. List the debt's smallest payoff to largest. If you were so fabulous with math, you wouldn't have debt, so try this my way. The only time to pay off a larger debt sooner than a smaller one is some kind of big-time emergency such as owing the IRS and having them come after you or in situations where there will be a foreclosure if you don't pay it off. Otherwise, don't argue about it. Just list the debts smallest to largest. The reason we list smallest to largest is to have some quick wins. This is the behavior modification over math part I referred to earlier. Face it, if you go on a diet and lose weight the first week, you will stay on that diet. If you go on a diet and go six weeks with no visible progress, you will quit. I don't care if you have a master's degree in psychology. You need quick wins to get fired up. And getting fired up is super important. When you pay off a nagging $52 medical bill or that $122 cell phone bill from eight months ago, your life is not changed that much mathematically yet. You have, however, begun a process that works, and you will be fired up about the fact that it works. After you list the debts, smallest to largest, pay the minimum payment to stay current on all the debts except the smallest. Every dollar you can find from anywhere in your budget goes toward the smallest debt until it is paid. Once the smallest is paid, the payment from that debt plus any extra found money is added to the next smallest debt. Trust me, once you get going, you will find money. When the debt number two is paid off, you take the money that you used to pay on number one and number two, and you pay it plus any found money on number three. When three is paid, you attack four, and so on. All the money from old debts and all the money you can find anywhere goes on the smallest until it is gone. Attack! Every time the Snowball Rolls...